I have one more message in my series on uh, koinonia, and I will finish that at some point. I had it ready to go this morning, uh, and it's on prayer. And it's very important, and it's very important. You're going to see in, uh, in that last message soon uh, that, uh, that the church, uh, the first time they pay, uh, face persecution, there's all kind of prayers in the book of Acts, tons of prayers. Uh, but what's something that's interesting is uh, there are only two recorded prayers in the book of Acts, only two. Uh, that are actually recorded, found in Acts 6 and Acts 4. And we're going to look at Acts 4, and we're going to see what they prayed for. And it might surprise you. It might surprise you. All sorts of prayers, and it mentioned they prayed, but I think there's a reason God didn't put out form prayers so that we would go and copy those form prayers. I don't think, you don't see a lot of prayers prayed out in the Bible. And, and Acts, where there are so many, almost every other chapter or chapter is talking about prayer, uh, there's only two recorded there. And we're going to look at it. And we're going to see something. What's interesting uh, there to give you a sneak peek is what they don't pray for. What they don't pray for. They don't pray to be delivered from their circumstances. They pray for God to be all that he needs to be through their circumstances. And we're going to show you some things that when they faced persecution, they didn't go into a prayer closet alone. John and Peter ran back to the, uh, to the, to the others and they began to pray together corporately. That koinonia. They, they devoted themselves to prayer prayer to prayer. They devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine. They devoted themselves to fellowship. They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. And, and so we're going to finish that out and, and it soon. But I could not get past this morning uh, the, the urgency of this message and starting on the book of Hebrews. And we will uh, be on this book for uh, a little bit, uh, a period of time, a month, two. Uh, we'll, we will intermix sermons in between as God uh, what has us doing that. Uh, but we will, we will cover because there's so much here today that I'm so, my heart is heavy uh, because I see you heavy. And I see empty seats, and I know there's people at home that are heavy, and, and, and I believe this is the answer and the solution for that. I'm very troubled about our hearts. I'm troubled about the of Christ in our lives. I'm troubled about the, uh, the, the, the revival fires are not burning in our churches. They're not burning in our hearts. They're not burning in our lives. That, that, that we're, that we're uh, a lot of us have walked away from reading of our Bibles in this last year. A lot of us have walked away from uh, Jesus. We've walked away from, many have walked away from church. Some have never come to church since COVID came on the scene. We have walked away from Christ. We've walked away from His church. We've walked away from, we're, 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 we're getting further away. Let me say that. We're getting further away. And as we get further away, when you get further away from Christ, your heart begins to uh, dissipate. The, the fire begins to, 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 to go out. A lot of times we can't see that it's going out. We don't know that it's going out, uh, but, but, it, but it's dissipating. It's going out. And that's exactly, and, and, and I'm very concerned about my own heart. I, I inspect my own heart daily, and I'm very concerned about the waning in my own heart, how hard it is now on a daily basis to go into the Bible, how hard it is to go into prayer on certain days, and, and some days it's just, some days it's, it, there's, there's a passion there, some days there, it's drudgery, some days it's just, I have to fight to get through uh, the, to what I need to do, and, and, and folks, we need a revival, we need a revival now more than ever, we need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we need what took place at Pentecost to come again. We need to look to take place what? The outpouring, the infilling, the baptism of the Holy Spirit to come on the scene again, uh, just like it did in the book of Acts, just like it did at Azusa Street. We need that again if we're going to be changed and transformed. We need it. And if we're honest, uh, we're not as excited as we once were about church. We're not as excited as we once were about God's Word. We're not as excited as we were about getting here and fellowship amongst the brethren or there being a time in the altar uh, or, or, or not just getting out of here. I see it. I see it in our faces. I see it in your sleepy. I see falling asleep. I see I see just a, just long faces. I see not caring. I see apathy. I see just this, this woe is me and God does not want that for His people in the last days. He doesn't want that for me. He doesn't want that for you. And we need to do something about it. Amen? 
Five of you believe it. The rest of you are so bad we can't even clap. Amen? But, but God wants to change that in our lives. He wants to change that in our hearts. And, 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 and I believe He wants to do that through an understanding in the book of Hebrews. Because there's nothing like the book of Hebrews in the Bible. There's nothing like it. it there's no other book in the Old Testament or the New Testament like it. Uh, there, there's, there's something interesting about this book that no other book possesses it. The four Gospels talk about Jesus in the flesh. We see them giving us a great picture of Jesus when He came to earth, when He shows up Raymond on the scene, when He becomes a man, when He dwells, the Word became flesh and dwelled among us. In the four Gospels, we have Jesus in the flesh. We see what He was like, both the God and man now. We see that. In the book of Acts, we see the start of this new church that He's going to start. He leaves and goes to the Father. We see the church there gathered together in an upper room. We see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We see these people who were timid and weak and afraid and cowardly and denying the Lord Himself and scattering at, at the crucifixion now coming back together and the power that was promised from on high now coming and filling their lives with the Holy Spirit and the church going and doing what only God could do through these vessels. When I go, it's expedient for you that I go because when I go, the Comforter's going to come and He will lead you and guide you into all truth. He's going to give you what you didn't possess before. He will fill you. He will baptize you and you'll go out and you'll be my witnesses both in Judea, Jerusalem, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Amen? And then we see the epistles. Where, where Paul's going on these missionary journeys and he's writing back to the churches that he's established there and he's writing things to correct and he's writing things to encourage and he's writing all these things. Then you get to the book of Revelation, the last book in the Bible, and what do we see? We see a book that's giving us end-time events, teaching us what's going to happen in the end times. It quotes so much from Daniel. If you want to see it, I mean, I mean, there's only a couple of chapters in the whole book that don't refer back to what you see in the book of Daniel. It's just this, this amazing book of the end times that you should be reading right now and you should be getting familiar because you're living in those days and you're living in those times and we don't need to be using excuses. Well, I can't understand it. No, you can't understand it, but the Spirit of God can reveal it to you and you can know exactly. He, he says that uh, He'll show you who better knows the mind of God than the Spirit of God. Not eye has not seen nor ear heard nor even in entered into the heart of man the things that God has in store, but He's revealed them to us by the Spirit of God. You can understand the book of Revelation. You can understand this spiritual book with the Spirit of Almighty God living inside of you. Amen? But there's no book like the book that we're going to look at called Hebrews. It's dedicated to one thing. Mark, one thing. No other book in the Bible, the whole book, it's dedicated to the revelation of Jesus Christ. The revelation of Jesus Christ, revealing who Jesus is. I mean, from start to finish of this book, we get this picture of Jesus Christ. And today I want to give you this brief introduction into this book and give you this sensibility of why it's written here. Now listen, nobody, it, it, there's a, it, and if you, if you study this book, it will give you an outstanding love for Jesus Christ. Now I know we're in the book of 1 Corinthians, but something I did because I'm struggling is I went back and I... I'm starting to read in addition to that, which I'm having a hard enough time doing that. But I'm trying to go back now and to go into the book of Hebrews and to go in here and read it in conjunction with. And I know we've already read that, but I'd love for you to go back through. Because if your heart is waning, I believe it will set your heart on fire. As we're going to pray that God will begin to do something in our heart and give us this, this, this revival fires to start to burn in us. Because as you read it, you're going to see Christ and you're going to get this outstanding love for Jesus Christ. Now here's the deal. Nobody knows the author of the book of Hebrews, but I tend to lean towards one of my favorites, and that is the Apostle Paul. I just, I just, I just believe his hand is all over it, but, but that's up to you. You could debate, you could argue that. It really doesn't matter at the end of the day. It's inspired Word of God. It's, it's given by God. It's God-breathed. A man wrote it, but it was inspired 100% by God, breathed
breathed on by God, written by the heart of God. It's the Word of God. So, so that's all we need to know. But we, we have a general idea of, of when it was written, uh, around the what time. We are not sure where it is written from. Uh, but, but here's one thing we do know, and this is what you need to grasp today. We do know this, that it was written to Jewish Christians. And it was written to Jewish Christians who were taking this mass exodus away from Christianity. And just like what we're beginning to see today, when we're seeing this great apostasy, this great falling away. You look around you, you see people who came to church all their lives and they're nowhere to be found. We're seeing this exodus of people that once were on fire for Jesus Christ, once had a burning desire for Jesus, once sat in churches and came down to the altars and wept and cried and prayed out for Him that now could care less about the things of God. They're more into the world, they're more into the materialism, they're more into the things of the world. And that's exactly what we began to see in this book in the Bible. There was this mass exodus away from Christianity to go back to Judaism. And, 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 and we can't recreate the atmosphere of what was going on in that place. We can't, we can't get a, a, a total understanding of, of what was taking place like Daniel. Like we can't feel what they were feeling in time, right? But here's the People aren't going to be, we're, we're having history written right now with COVID, right? And look what we've gone through recently with COVID. Nobody, what, what was being preached when we began to go through this pandemic? When we got sent home and every church across the world was shut down for a moment. And when we went home, what were the messages that began to come immediately? Almost every week and every message you could just about turn on was on fear, on fear, on fear, on fear, on fear, on fear because that was the feeling. Don't give in to fear. Don't, 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 don't be overwhelmed by fear. Don't let the fear overtake you. That was, the, that was the message that was coming out of pulpit after pulpit after pulpit after pulpit because that's the feelings we were feeling at this time. Now we're, we're if the Lord should tarry years from now when somebody reads the history book that is being written now they're not going to be able to understand the fear that we felt as we looked around and saw masks on faces as we wore masks ourselves, as we went into stores, as, we, uh, they, they, as we're vaccine, not vaccine, as we go through all of these things, nobody's going to know what it was like to be in these places that we were in, in these hospital settings and labs working and all the things that we're feeling right now. They can read about it in the history book, just like some of you children heard us talk about 9-11, but you were babies, you, or you weren't born, and I remember that day, I remember I remember coming home terrified. I remember calling my wife. I remember hugging my children and, and uh, or my ch one child at that point, and then later the next uh, couple of years another child. But I remember what that felt like to 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 uh, uh, go through that feel. No, no, both children were there. It was 2001 uh, to going home and hugging both those children and my wife. I can remember that. I can be sitting at work and 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 remember what we were going through at that time. But the people who read that in the history books later won't know the impact or what that felt like. And that's the same thing. We don't know the impact of what was going on at this time when this is being written in Jerusalem. But what I would like for you to do is I would like for you to take what you are feeling right now in the COVID era and I want you to transpose that back onto the first century. And I want you to take what you're feeling now, the fear, the isolation, the the loneliness, the depression, the, 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 the different things, emotions that we're feeling. And I want you to put that back onto first century Christianity. And, 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 and I want us to look at what these people were going through. And I want us to understand why this book was needed and why it's needed for us now. Now there's some statistics on the screen right here that I want you to look at. In 2019, Barna did research. And here's what they discovered. This is before COVID. In 2019, 14% of what they, they polled non-believers. And what they discovered, they asked them the question, would you go to church? 
And they're saying, would you go to church under any circumstance? Would you go to church if there was a funeral? Would you go to church if you were invited to a a special event? Would you go to church if there was a wedding or whatever? And 14% of those non-believers polled said they absolutely would not go to church under any circumstance or under any reason. Now, fast forward a little bit to 2020 during the COVID era. Right in the height and middle of COVID, Barna did the same research to non-believers and they found out that it had jumped from, from 14% to 53%. Now, in the midst of the pandemic, said, we under no circumstance will go to church whatsoever. That's 40-something uh, percent. That, that is unbelievable. That is unbelievable. So what they did then was they polled Christians and believers who went to church, and now they're in the height of the pandemic. And here's what they discovered about believers, your brothers and sisters in Christ, who were going to to church and now they're in the midst of the pandemic and they found out right off the bat that in 2020 COVID 20% of Christian believers polled said they would never go back to church yeah look around you 2020 COVID polled millennials 50% of millennial Christians polled said they would not go and Gen Z said they would not go back to church You're sending your sons and daughters off to universities and ungodly institutions every day, and we're not getting them back. We're sending them to Hollywood and online filth and trash, cultism and and everything that can come under the sun and befeed their spirit, and we're not getting them back. The sodomites aren't outside of the house knocking. They're in the rooms with us because we let them in the room through that thing called a television. And through these devices. They're not having to kick the door and beg to come in and rape us. They're, they're, they're already here. Right? Come on. They're already here. They're already in. We let them in. And so, so, so why is there such a huge exodus of people saying, we don't want to go to church? Why, why such, such this, this exodus that we're seeing today uh, like, like never before? Well, let me, let me give you some, some, some facts. Two things that emerged out of the pandemic. Uh, that, that, uh, uh, number one, the next slide, two things emerged. There was a turning and there was a trending. And this is what you're going to notice what took place back in that day as well. Some of us turned, we, this pandemic came, and we turned from certain things. We turned from working in an office environment, and we turned to working in our house. We turned from going to church, and we decided to watch television online, and now we're not even watching the sermons online. There was a turning. There was a turning in all of our habits, in our, in our ways. Some of us turned, and what, what we trended to, what we find out was we trended towards the digital we trended to being on this device more. We trended in our loneliness to being in bedrooms by ourselves, on computers, on devices, on, on social media, on TikTok, on, 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 uh, on Instagram, on Facebook, on spewing out more and more stuff on those. So we, we left stuff during the pandemic that we've done for all of our lives and that we really uh, needed to do. And we've turned towards some things and now we're trending in a whole new way. And folks, that's where we're headed. People are leaving. They're leaving certain things. They're leaving Jesus. They're leaving. They're getting away from church. They're getting away from Christianity. And they're leaving now and trending towards other things. And we're seeing this more and more and more and more as we as we get further and further and deeper and deeper and further away from this. People turned away from these things and now they're trending towards their phones, their tablets, their computers and so many other things. Uh, Here's what something interesting. Did you know that we can have about 60 to 100 uh, people in close relationships, they say? That, 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 and I don't mean best friend, best friends, but I'm saying acquaintances. We can have 60. We got about 50 or 60 people normally here. Uh, and so uh, that we can have a close relationship with. But did you know that through the technology revolution that we have come through now, did you know that you can make up to 2 billion connections uh, are available out there now? 
now. It's like the guys who love, you know, women, you get crazy. Because when we finally got cable and we were able to have a remote control where we didn't have to get up and, or tell our kids to get up and change the channel, we were skinny when I was growing up because we had to get up and adjust the rabbit ears and we had to turn the knob and God tried to get the static out. And then all of a sudden this handy little device called a remote control came along and then we got cable and we didn't have three stations and one that went up, all three went off at midnight with the national anthem playing. Uh, no, now we have 24 hours and we have a hundred that, that I as a guy can flip through and drive my mom and my wife and other people crazy because I don't even look at what's hardly on there. Flip, 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 and just keep going through the stations. Well, that's what we have now with technology on this now. We have over two billion possibilities of, 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 of all sorts of, of, of so-called relationships that are out here. Two billion opportunities to connect all over the world through the tablet, smartphone, watch, and keep you busy and take you from something and trend you towards something else that will fill and occupy your time constantly and for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And now we have a pandemic, another one, that 73% people that were polled said if they lost this, they would absolutely have a literal heart attack, nervous breakdown, and almost die. They'd rather lose their wife or children than lose this. They panic more when they are anxiously away from this device for more than a second or two. And, and you take a look at the first century church. Let me tell you what was going on there because we know, I said, transpose our feelings now with going through COVID and what we're going through. And I want you to look at a little bit of what they were under. 63 AD, Jerusalem was imposed with heavy taxes. They're under some oppression, man, from Rome. Taxes, increased taxes, increased taxes, increased taxes, increased taxes. Kind of like the foolish socialism we're headed into, where you just have to spin your way into oblivion, and they keep getting more and more and more and more. And that's exactly what was taking place in 63 AD. These heavy taxes were coming down on the people, and the people were starting to feel the weight of those heavy taxes. In 66 AD, something very interesting happened. There was a general by the name of Josephus. Maybe you've heard of him. He was a historian, and he wrote a lot of the history back in that time. And he leads a revolt against Rome at this year, and he expels the Rome, Romans from Jerusalem. And folks, they are giddy because they're saying things like this. This man did what Jesus couldn't do. There's this euphoria going on that even this man could do what the Messiah, the supposed Messiah that was coming, didn't do and could not do. And I mean, they are exciting, so you you can see why now they're saying, hey, what he didn't do, maybe we should, we should trend away from that and we'll trend over here towards this. And so they begin to, they begin to wane. They're, they're, they're in their hearts away from Jesus, away from seeing the Messiah for who he really was and, 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 and what he came to do in this euphoric sense. And they're heading back now towards Judaism. Maybe we should move away from Christianity. Maybe it's not what it was cracked up to be. Maybe it's not what all they say it is and they begin to leave in their hearts and move further away a little bit maybe I just won't worry about reading the scrolls of Isaiah and all those things and they just begin to move uh, uh, back well they probably read them in Judaism but they, they moved away from Christianity and begin to move back towards that in 68 AD we have something further that comes on I want you to think about what they're going through why this book is about to be written why they are leaving their, 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 their Christianity and heading away from it and heading back to Christianity, uh, Judaism. In 68 AD, you've got Nero, who is a madman who is persecuting the people, uh, the, the Christians, like never before. He is putting them in the amphitheaters. He's having games with them. Lions are eating them. They're being fed to lions. They're being put at the stake in his garden outside so he can ride his chariot through and see well. He likes to put them on poles and light Christians on fire. And I mean, this is a madman 
man. He is a lunatic and he is just absolutely ungodly. And that's he's on the scene. And you can imagine, hey, a lockdown ain't nothing to your relative being put outside the walls of Nero and put on a stake and lit on fire. Your child, your granddaughter, your somebody for serving Jesus Christ, folks. And that's what these Christians are facing in that time. You can, you can imagine the pressure. You can imagine the sorrow. You can imagine the, the up and down feelings they're feeling. The isolation, the loneliness the, 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 that's going on in their hearts and in their life. Persecution is at its peak now. And, the, and so it's sending believers away from the faith and it's sending them back into the direction of Judaism. Judaism is trending. They're, they're leaving something and Judaism now is trending. And they're turning away from something. They're turning away from church. They're turning away from, from Jesus Christ and they're headed back in another direction. And so Jesus, Jewish Christians are going through major fear at this time. They're going through major anguish at this time. They wake every, up every day wondering if they're going to be killed today. Wondering if they're going to be uh, picked out by politicians. Wondering if they're going to be stopped in the street and need to see their papers please they're, and be dragged off somewhere. They're, wor they're worried. They're worried about being taxed. Will I have enough food to buy? Will I have, will the supply chain last? Will I be able to get food for my family? Will they knock down the door and come take my food? Will they take my wife? Will they take my children? So you've got all this thing going on there and you've got this turning away from Christianity. You've got this trending towards Judaism amongst these people and, 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 and you begin to ask the question, God, where are you? Where are you? What are you going to do about this? How does God answer the, the, the pandemic that they're having? How does God answer our pandemic? And, and you would say, well, if I were to tell you, well, he gives them a sermon, you'd say, we don't need another sermon. He gives them a letter. We don't need another letter. But you see, that's exactly what God does. That's exactly what he does. He puts the peel, the quill into the hand of a scribe and he, and he begins to write this book out because there's something in this book that they need. There's something waning in their heart and the circumstance around them has begun to cool the love of Jesus from their hearts. And don't tell me that ain't happened in the last year or two in this nation. Don't tell me that hasn't happened in your heart. Don't tell me that our eyes every day have been on Fox, CNN, and I don't know why we turn to that junk because every one of them's lies every one of them's fake news every one of them are propaganda turn it off they're all the same they're all being pushed by the same people they're all coming down the pipe by the same people it is not real news and we need to cut it off i think it's the best thing would happen if enough people would wake up in this nation and turn every news cycle off we would be happy we'd have a lot more happiness going on and we could think for ourselves we could read this book and we could go into the things that we need to go into but we're constantly letting the circumstances of the day rule our lives we're looking at it we're fearing it we're seeing it coming on what's going to happen tomorrow what's going to happen the next day am i going to survive am i going to have a job am i going to have to do something that impedes my conscience am i not going to have to and we see all this pressure coming down on us and when we look at all those things our hearts start to wane is God even here is God even looking is God are, are, are we start moving away from the revelation of Jesus Christ and cooling the love of Jesus in our hearts and it begins to wane and God knew what the answer was for them he knew and it's the same thing we need today we need to get a fresh revelation of Jesus Christ that's exactly what the answer is you need a fresh revelation of Jesus Christ the very thing for a cold heart or a heart that is waning is a fresh revelation of him the great I am we ought to when you sing when I heard that song a while ago I'm feeling bad I'm feeling down my heart feels kind of cold but all of a sudden I hear the great I am the great I am and all of a sudden, my mind's going to Jesus on the throne, on the cross, being resurrection. And my heart just starts to lift the great. I just want to start jumping like you see me doing sometimes. Because I say, hallelujah, holy, holy, God almighty, the great I am who is worthy. And I see some of us, man. 
my heart is so cold. We're so away from Jesus. Get out of here. I got to see. You know, and, uh, no, my heart, when I get a revelation of Jesus, it just excites me. Worship comes back. It just begins to do something inside of me. What you need, friend, is a revelation of Jesus. And that's the centrality of this book. As you study it, your faith rises. I'm begging you. I'm begging you as your pastor. Read this book right now. I'm begging you. I'm begging you, young people. I'm begging you. If you, if you want to be sitting in this chair a year from now, I'm begging you. If you don't want to be so into the things of the world and the things that your friends at school, I'm begging you, young people, young married people, I'm begging you not to let things, young people about to get married, I'm begging you, do not let these people take away your love for Jesus Christ. I am begging you, do not let new houses and new cars and, and do not let other things, those are fine, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, then all these other things will begin to be added unto you. Amen? I'm begging you, if you feel your heart slipping, if you feel any of the desire, oh, I don't want to go to church tonight. Oh, it's Wednesday night again. Man, it feels like this just rolls around so fast every week. Oh, it's Sunday morning, man. i got to get dressed. I'm tired. No, something's waning in our hearts. Something is waning. Something is waning. I want to see more. Uh, uh, I want to see the latest episode of this or that. I mean, I've never seen so many hearts bubbling a few months ago when your little friends were you came out. i never seen so many people giddy and excited and passing things around on the internet and salivating. I wish I would see that kind of heart for Jesus Christ. Amen? I'm sure about half the online audience just turned me off right there. It's what happened on the road to Emmaus. They're downcast. Go home and read it. They're downcast. I mean, everything they thought, the revelation of Jesus, is now distorted by the circumstances around them, right? I mean, all that prosperity theology that we have told us this would never happen, right? You'd never go through COVID and be locked in your house. God would never let that happen, right? You'd never get a layoff or a stock market to crash. You'd never get wars and rumors of wars, would you? Because it's just going to increasingly get better and better and better, right? Wrong. Read the book. Read the book. And here these two guys are on the road to the Emmaus, and they're looking for the Messiah, and they're looking for the Messiah for one reason, like the prosperity gospel. He's going to come and kick these of Romans out of town. These people who have been taxing us to death. These people who have been raping our women and children. These people who have been putting us on stakes and burning us and throwing us to lions. Surely when the Messiah comes, he's going to of that and Israel will rule and the Christians will be triumphant. Amen? But that's not what happens when He comes the first time. He comes the first time to take care of the sin problem. He comes the first time to become sin. He who knew sin became sin so that you and I might become the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And so He comes. They don't understand why He's coming. He comes and He's constantly telling them, hey, just like we read in the Word, I'm about to die. I'm about to be the Son of Man's going to Jerusalem. He's going to be handed up to He's going to be handed up to sinful men. He's going to be massacred. He's going to die. And they're scratching their head. No, you're not. We'll die for you. You'll never die. We'll take swords and cut off people's ears. We'll fight for you, Jesus. We'll do everything. No, it can never be that way. And Jesus, what does He say? Get behind me, Satan. You talk like a man. And that's our problem today. We read this book. We talk. We think men and women. And it, and it hurts our flesh and it offends our flesh. And rather than the revelation of Jesus Christ and revealed by the Spirit of God. And, and, and so Jesus comes and now He's on a cross and He's died and He's in the tomb. And the ladies have come. You know, He's, he's, on, he's in the tomb. The ladies go. They see Him. They try to tell people that He's alive, but they don't believe Him. Now here's these two disciples walking away, leaving Jerusalem, leaving the revelation of Jesus that they once had, that He's Messiah, that He's 
he, he really is going to die and take care of the sins of the world. He really is going to rid the world of sin and be triumphant. Now they're depressed, they're sad, they're murmuring, they're grumbling, and they're walking away from Jerusalem and just kicking the dirt and their heads down. And oh, maybe we ought to go back to Judaism. Maybe we ought to just leave. Maybe not even be anything. And all of a sudden they're just walking, they're depressed, they're thinking, they're going, moping, and Jesus pulls up alongside of them. And what does the Bible tell us that Jesus does? Jesus with them. They get to Emmaus and on the way there and when they're at Emmaus he begins to open up the scriptures to them. He begins to reveal himself to them. He says, hey, you want to know who you read about back there in the Old Testament? You want to know who that was in Isaiah 53? That's me. That's me. That's Jesus Christ there. You want to know who that was back in the garden that was going to that was gonna come and crush the head of the serpent? That's me. That's me. That's who you're walking with. That's Jesus. The one they put in the ground that you think still there. And, and then they begin, whoa, whoa, whoa. He went through the Psalms. He went through the prophets. He went through the, uh, all the Old Testament scriptures and up to the present day and began to say, it's me. It's a revelation of me. It's Jesus Christ. Do you see Jesus? Do you see Jesus? And all of a sudden, as they begin to turn around and go back, all of a sudden, the Bible says as they're going back, it said, did, and he disappears. They say, did not our hearts burn as we walk with him by the way? And he revealed himself. Oh, my goodness, folks. If you need revival in this place, if your heart is waning towards getting into the Scriptures when you wake up, if you think about your love more than you think about Jesus, if you think about your husband more than you think about Jesus, if you think about your wife more than you think about Jesus, if you think about your children more than you think about Jesus, I'm telling you, get in the book. Let him break open the bread of life. Let him open it up to you and your heart will burn because I got news for you. I love my wife. She's the most important thing to me on the face of the earth besides Jesus. But I'm going to tell you what, ain't nobody do me like Jesus. She's not going to make my heart burn to that level. She's not going to give me revival fire in my heart. Folks, we can have all the praise. You know what we do? We get downcast. We say, oh, I know what we'll do. We'll have a praise and worship service. We'll get this place rocking, and that'll send revival into the place. No, it isn't praise or worship that lifts a heart and ignites the heart. It is the revelation of Jesus, and then there will be praise and worship. The reason you don't have praise and worship is because our hearts are, we don't have a revelation of Jesus. Get a revelation of Jesus, your hands will have to go up. Your hands will have to clap. Your feet will dance sometime. Or if you're a quiet person, you'll just at least your heart will be leaping for joy inside or tears running down. There will be worship when you see Jesus. And they said, was our hearts not burning? When we saw Christ, it ignited our hearts. It ignited our hearts. Worship doesn't revive us. Jesus alone revives the heart. And then you get worship. The heart is revived and people write. The heart is revived and sermons come forth. The heart is revived and teachings come forth. Not the other way around. It's getting a revelation of Jesus. And then the praises sing out. And then all the other things. It's not just saying the name of Jesus. We want to throw the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. No, it's the revelation of Jesus. You have a revelation of Jesus, demons will flee. Demons will flee when you know exactly who Jesus is. Not just throwing His name like a magic word, but you don't believe what you're saying. When you know, those who know their God will be strong and do mighty exploits. Amen? You're able to look the devil in the eye and say, devil, get out of my face. Christ is victorious. Christ is more than a conqueror. I know. I know Him. I know Him. I've seen Him. I believe Him. And as the writer puts the pen to the paper, he begins to write this out in Hebrews. And let me give you just real quickly in closing, let me tell you in the first five chapters what he wrote. And it's so powerful. It's so powerful. Just to show you how quick he begins to, to just move in these chapters and just to go. Look at this. There's five things that he immediately brings out in, in, the, in verses 1 through 3. Listen to what he says here. God who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken to us by his son whom he has appointed heir of all things through whom also he made the worlds who being in the brightness of his glory 
glory and the express image of His purpose, person and upholding all things by the word of His power when He had by Himself purged our sins, sat down where? Right hand is power. All power. That's the strength. Sat down at the right hand. He is the power of God. He is the majesty of God. He is the strength of God. He is the I am that I am. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty of God. And you're afraid of COVID. And you're afraid of government officials. And you're afraid of this. And you're afraid of that. And you're afraid of jobs and layoff and income. Your God is so in control. Your Jesus is so mighty. Your Jesus is so incredible. And the reason we're afraid is we don't have enough revelation of Him. Get a revelation of Jesus. Not your circumstances. Five reasons that, they, that he writes in chapter 1, these first three verses. Five reasons they should not abandon Christ and His church. I'm talking to people at home. Five reasons you should not abandon Christ and His church. Here's number one, Hebrews 1.1. 1, 1. God who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past by the fathers, by the prophets. Now, now that's huge because when a prophet came, you sat up and listened. Like E.F. Hutton. You sat up and listened. When a prophet came to town. When, it, when a prophet came, you listened. Number two, he says, it has in these last days spoken to us by his son. What he's saying is Jesus hasn't returned yet, and so he's still speaking to us, and that's what's considered the last days. He's still, he hasn't come back. He's still speaking to us right now. And now here's what comes number one. Whom appointed us heir of all things. We, we listen to him, and we are not going to leave the church, and we're not going to leave Christianity because He is heir of all things. He's heir of all things through whom also He made the world who being in the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person. Christ is the express image of the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and the Father are one. You can't get to the Father but through me. I am all the Godhead bodily. I mean everything that's in God was put into a body in me and that's me. If you've seen me, you know God. I am the television set of God. I'm the express I am the express image of God. I am God. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And upholding all things by the word of His power. For when He had Himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand on, of His majesty on high. So Christ is the inheritor. He's the heir of all things or the inheritor of all things. That means everything's been given to Him by the Father. And He's saying to you and to us and them, why in the world would you go back to Judaism when everything's given to Christ? Why would you leave Christianity? Why would you be foolish enough to go try another religion that is not a religion? Why would you leave and go and blend the, uh, religions together? Why would you leave and try to go to Islam that is not? Why would you leave and try to go to Buddhism that is not? Why would you leave, young people, and go to New Ageism or even atheism and become your own God? Why in the world would be you be so foolish when Christ is Christ and Christ is seated at the right hand of majesty and Christ is the heir of all things and Christ is the inheritor of all things by God and if He is the inheritor and heir and we have have come into this thing, then we are joint heirs and inheritors with Him. So why in the world, why in the world would you walk away from this? Why in the world would you walk away? Why, why would you let COVID drain you of this revelation? Why would you let COVID-19, why would you let politicians drain you of the revelation that Christ is heir of everything? That Christ is heir of everything. Christ is a, the inheritor of everything that has been put in the hands of Him. There ain't nobody going to take it out of His hands. He is the inheritor. He is the heir. And we are joint or co-heirs with Him. Amen? And then it says, He made the universe. He's the creator. Why would you leave? Why would you leave the creator? 
Why would you leave Christianity? Why would you walk away from church? Why would you walk away from this great salvation? Why would you leave this because of the circumstances around you have got you a little bit down or got you a little bit weak or got you a little bit depressed or got you a little bit afraid? Why would you walk away from the one who made this and set it into motion and is sovereignly in control and has allowed it to happen? Why would you not follow Him and continue to walk with Him? Why would you not follow the Creator of the universe when He is the express image of God? That when you look at Jesus, you understand who God is. That when you look at Jesus, you understand the love of God. When you read the Gospels of Jesus Christ, you understand the grace of God, the mercy of God, the kindness of God. You get to know God in the face of Jesus Christ. He's the very glory of God. When you when we all with unveiled faces, we stare into the glory of God and we are being changed. We're being changed into the likeness of Him. As we look at this Scripture now, with the veil has been removed in Christ, Corinthians says, and now we can see the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. As you get the revelation of Christ, you are being changed. You are knowing what He is like. You are seeing Him and you are being changed to become conformed into His very likeness and image. And you'll leave it for what? For what? And then the, the, the next one, all things are held together by the word of His power. All things are held together by this God. And you want to walk away from that? You want to walk away from the one? He's got the whole world in His hands. 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 He's got you and me, brother, in His hands. He's got you and me brother in his hands he's got you and me brother in his hands he's got the whole world in his hands amen he, i mean he's got the little babies he's got everybody in his hands all things are held together by the word of his power this ain't thing ain't going to spin out of control it's not going to get out of hand covid 19's not going to get any further than god wants it to get he is sovereign if he can take the waters and mark them and put a border at the edge of the sea and tell it go no further Further than this, then he is God who can say, COVID-19, you don't go any further than this. He will use it for his glory. He will use it for his purposes. He will use it for his plan. He will use it for his salvation. And I'm telling you, all things are held together by God. The next time you listen to a stupid news report, you say, wait a minute, that's dumb. I'm cutting it off because all things are held together by my God. And by the word of his power, so I'm going to spend more time reading about the word of His power than I am going to be listening to foolishness from the world. I mean, the more they look into science, oh, they can try. They've rewritten all of it. And now we got the most bumbling foolishness going on. They, they've made science into a god. They're fake science. They act like it's truth. The only truth it is is if it's backed by truth. And they're a wonderful godly scientist, but we have got a fiasco and a circus and, a, and, a, and, and people that take more stock in listening to that than they do into God's Word. The one who put the heavens into, in, into, into the sky and, and, and called every starry host by name and told them, stay there and don't move. And stay there and don't move. And meteor, you go there. And earth, you spin on this axis just like this. And you got more confidence in a man telling you about science and telling you foolishness of evolution and lies now that they polluted us with in these, in these areas rather than the truth. If you're going to listen to it, listen to godly people, not ungodly people who are trying to fool and dupe the world. Listen to God. All things are held together by the word of His power. Everything that you have and everything that you are is held together by Almighty God and His word. Amen? And He's preserving His saints. Has He not promised you heaven? Has He not promised you an eternal home? Has He not promised to wipe every tear from your eye? Then why are you so anxious? Has He not promised you that anyone in Christ is a new creation and old things are passed away and behold, all things have become new? And then the fifth and last thing that He did was that it says here is He sat down. He sat down. You know what that means? Everything that He had to do is done and it's accomplished. Everything He had to do is done. 
No more work was needing. No more work needed for our salvation. No more work needed to complete the plan of God. He's sitting at an eternal rest right now. He is not anxious. He is not biting his nails. He is not worried about COVID-19. He is not worried about the war, about Afghanistan being taken over. He is not worried. I mean, he cares about all these things. But, 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 but he's not sitting there like we've messed his plan up. God is absolutely in control. He is absolutely seated. He is seated at an eternal rest. He rested and the word word rested literally means to sit down. He sat down. It is done. There is no more work needed to be done. And when he sat down, the Bible said we sat down with him. And all the striving is gone. And when you become to Christ, when you come to him, you, you, you take your seat and you take your rest. And the Hebrew writer says uh, he, he sees this mass exodus taking place and he begins the letter by saying, let me give you five of these things. Let me give you five things that that, that, that should cause you not to abandon Christianity. That should cause you not to walk away from this revelation of Christ. And folks, that's what we are starting this book out with. And next week you're going to see some amazing things because I'm going to tell you what we're basically going to mostly cover in this thing. We're going to cover... Uh, let me see if I can find it because it's so excited. We're going to cover the supreme. There's several themes you see in the book of Hebrews. You see supremacy of Christ over angels. Next week, if you ever wanted to hear about angels, I'm going to tell you a little bit about angels. The supremacy of Christ over angels. The supremacy of Christ over Moses. The supremacy of Christ over the Aaronic priesthood. And the supremacy of the new covenant over the old covenant. That's what you see. The whole book is about Christ. It's about Christ is supreme. Christ is greater. Christ is the greatest. Christ is the greatest greatest that's ever been. It ain't Muhammad Ali. It's Christ. It's not Elvis. It's Christ. He is the greatest that has ever been, ever were, was, and ever will be. And that's what we're going to see in the book. And when you see it, your life will never be the same. And revival fires will fall again. So Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for your word. We thank you for your promises. We thank you, God, that Lord in you is life and life abundantly. And Father, we thank you that in this book, immediately the writer sees a time like us. He sees a place maybe even worse than us. Persecution has broke out. Heavy taxation. Heavy oppression. Things the Messiah couldn't do that they thought he should be able to do. The revelation of him changes. They begin to get discouraged. They begin to walk away. They begin to leave Christianity. They begin to get more distant from this revelation. And their hearts wane. And the fire begins to go out. And Father, I'm afraid that's happening today. I'm afraid in a time just like the days of Noah where, God, people are running to and fro. They're they're, uh, eating and they're drinking and they're marrying. No shortage of restaurants right now being full. No shortage of drive-through lines being full. No shortage of... Of, 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 uh, of Lord, uh, uh, Walmart's being full and, and other places, God. But, but your house, your house, is, it, it, it's, it's becoming a, a, a bygone. It's becoming a place where people no longer frequent or they frequent uh, less and less. And God, we're just seeing this waning going on. God, the Bible is, it used to, used to, Lord, when we first came to you, it used to burn. Did our hearts not burn? And we began to, we, we, we begin to read it. We began to study it every day, God. The first thing when our feet hit the ground, you were on our lips. And Lord, we opened the scriptures up before we turned to anything else, before we had our morning coffee, before we, before we uh, got dressed to go to work. But now, God, it, it's just, if I can get to it later, I will. If I can get to it later in the day than I will. If we can make it to church tomorrow, you know, normally I don't feel good on Sunday, and if I feel good, I'll be there. But, but, but if, you know, but, but, but typically I, I've talked myself into not feeling good on that day. So if I don't feel good, I won't be there because my feelings dictate where I go and what I do and not, not my responsibility and not, not revelation of, of, of a heart burning after you, God. Not, not, in, not in obedience to you, God, because your word says don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together all the manner of some is and even more as you see the day approaching oh God oh God let us begin to live a life that's surrounded by you God that's centered by you 
Not it's centered by self, not centered by other people, God, but centered by you. You, you, God, you, God. I, I wake up and your word dictates, God, what I do. Your word dictates where I go and what I'm supposed to do. God, let our hearts burn again and don't let them wane. I know, God, I'll admit, I'll be the first to repent up here. My heart has waned, God. I've, I, I've let circumstances, I've let worry, I've let, I've let COVID-19 and some of these things take uh, away the, the, the fire of Jesus out of my heart, God. And if I'm not careful, I don't want to, I don't want to trend to something that I don't need to trend to. God, help us not to leave something and trend to something that shouldn't we shouldn't trend to. So help us, God. Help us, God. Give us a fresh revelation of your Son today in this, in this place when problems seem to overwhelm us. Give us this revitalization of our faith, and we're going to follow what you did by studying this book and realizing that we need a fresh revelation of your Son. We want what those men on the road to Emmaus came back with. Did not our hearts burn when we walked with him along the way oh god let us walk with you now on monday and tuesday and wednesday and thursday and friday and saturday and sunday god i don't want to go forward without you god and so lord we love you and we give you the praise in jesus name